Our second reading on this Epiphany Sunday comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Last week we read the verses immediately after our story today. They're the verses that tell the awful story of what happens when Herod hears of the birth of Jesus. He is thrown into a rage. We are offered the opposite story today of three wise men, three magi, who hear the story of the birth of Jesus and are led to wonder and awe and worship. Friends, let us listen once more for God's word, hearing these verses from the second chapter of Matthew's gospel. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east, they came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. Now when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Herod then called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said to them, Go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now after the Magi had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose, it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is titled, The Work of Christmas. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, still our hearts and quiet our minds. Help us, O oh God, to catch a glimpse of that light that leads us to your wonder to your joy. Indeed, O oh God, we pray that your spirit will dwell near to us now, that through its work, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be pleasing in your sight, for you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So am I the only one who feels like Christmas was already a month ago? 
It's amazing, isn't it? We started here before Thanksgiving even with our Advent festival because of how the calendar all lined up. And it's like you're off to the races. You drive and drive and drive. You're, you're caroling, you're worshiping, you're live nativity, and then all of a sudden it's here and boom. I've kind of felt like I'm floating a little bit for the last, I don't know, week and a half. Aaron and I, we did a quick trip to Atlanta this last week. And on the way back, I had one of those moments where I was suddenly like, what day is it? I had that like panic that only pastors can fully appreciate of like, is it Sunday at five o'clock? And there was a whole building full of people wondering where I was for like four hours today. Thankfully, it wasn't Sunday. But y'all get what I mean? Right, your brain, it's amazing. As soon as one thing finishes, it just immediately begins to move on. All right, January. Tax season, right? Right around the corner. Okay. Whose birthday's next? Now, when's spring break this year? Oh, Holy Week, in case you were wondering. It's part of the reason I think I appreciate Epiphany every year. It kind of taps the brakes a little bit. It taps the brakes on moving too fast. Epiphany is this voice that says, whoa, 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 whoa. Come back. Come back for just, just a moment. I, I know the leftovers, they've all been cleaned out. I know the kids are already starting to lose interest in the toys you got them. But come back. Come and sit with the child just a little bit longer. Come back. Come, come ponder this miracle that we call the incarnation for just a moment more. Right, these magi in this story from Matthew's gospel, they seem to know that the story of Christ's birth, it's not one you can just move on from. Right? And they've had plenty of time to move on. So Epiphany is actually tomorrow for the pure liturgical people. It's tomorrow because that's 12 days since Christmas Day. And Epiphany and the Christmas season are traditionally 12 days long. Somewhere early in the church, someone decided that was about how long it probably took the wise men to get from their home to Bethlehem. Now, the wise men were Persian, modern-day Iran, as it would happen. And I've never made that trek by foot from Iran to Bethlehem. But just a quick look at the map leads me to believe it probably is a journey of more than 12 days. Right, in all likelihood, it's been months, if not years. There was actually a clue in last week's text, I think, where Herod, he orders the murder of boys how old? Two and younger. Why would he do that if they all knew Jesus had just been born? It seems very likely to me that the Magi are coming onto the scene long after Jesus was born, which is kind of counterintuitive because we're so used to getting the Christmas story kind of like boom, 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 right? It's the live nativity. I love the live nativity, but it's probably not quite accurate in its representation that 
show up at the inn, innkeeper says no, they go to the manger, baby born, star appears, shepherds show up, shepherds leave, magi show up, magi present gifts, magi leave, and you sing Silent Night, right? (laughs) It's a wonderful story, but it probably didn't happen quite like that. Everyone is probably gone when the magi arrive. There are no angels in this story. There are no shepherds in this story. Joseph is apparently down the street buying diapers because he's not there either. (laughs) Who is it when the Magi arrive, they come to the home where Jesus and his mother Mary are? Just mother and child. And they bow down and they worship and they present gifts. I have this friend who was telling me recently how she started seeing a spiritual director last year. It's a little bit different than counseling. A spiritual director at their best is really someone who sits with you and they listen and they walk with you on this journey of discerning where and and how God is at work in your life. She was telling me about this experience, and she said, you know, we talk about all sorts of things, me and my spiritual director, but the thing I have come to love the most about having a spiritual director is that this person basically, different words sometimes, but basically all they do is remind me that I am always in the presence of a living and loving God. So she's a pastor, and she says, you know, whenever I preach a terrible sermon, it's my spiritual director who will remind me that you are still in the presence of a living and loving God. She has teenagers. I have a three-year-old. When the teenager talks back, when the three-year-old has a meltdown, guess what? You are still in the presence of a living and loving God. When one season, one chapter in your life closes and a new one opens, one that's sometimes hopeful and hope-filled and other times utterly terrifying and sad, guess what? You are still in the presence of a living and loving God. When that friend who has just the most insane, diametrically opposite viewpoints on the world than you opens their mouth, you are still in the presence. And when that same friend calls you in tears because they have just lost someone they love and you are the one they want to come and sit with them, you are still in the presence of a living and loving God. I think that's what Epiphany invites us to ponder. Yes, okay, the wrapping paper, it's out at the curb. The fridge is cleaned out. The decorations are back in the attic, or they're at least headed that way. But here today, when we have all already begun moving on, so to speak, here today, we are just as much in the presence of that living and loving God now 
as the Magi were all those years ago at the very feet of the child they called Emmanuel, God with us. Sometimes I think we just have to be reminded of that fact. I read a story last week about Christmas Day, I guess not this year, last year, December 25th, just, what, a week and a half ago. A plane was flying to St. John's, Newfoundland. Anyone else read this? I had to look up where this is. It's, it's cold, it's dark, it's up there, right? Some of our Canadian brothers and sisters probably know better where it is than me. The airport got socked in with weather, and so the plane circled and circled, and then it landed at 5 a.m. on Christmas Day in Deer Lake, Newfoundland, little town. This airport is not normally serviced by that airline. There are no gate agents. There's not even a gate. They get everyone off the plane in the dark, cold morning, and they send them to the Holiday Inn in Deer Lake. Now, they're sitting there for about an hour wondering what they are going to do on Christmas Day at the Holiday Inn in Deer Lake, Newfoundland. But unbeknownst to them, a call was made, and then another call was made, and then another call was made, and after just a few hours, half the town of Deer Lake showed up at their local Holiday Inn with food, with love, with presents, for these 75 stranded passengers. And they spent the day with them. And that night at 9 o'clock, when they were finally able to leave, the town piled the passengers into their cars, and they drove them to the airport. Now, I don't know why exactly it is I read that story or remember that story, but I do wonder if it has to do something with the fact that we haven't been off to the best news week here at the beginning of 2020, have we? Rockets, fires, shootings, right? Sometimes we just have to be reminded that we are always in the presence of a living and loving God. One of my favorite poems I'm not a big poem reader. I wish I was more. But one of my favorites is by the late theologian Howard Thurman. I pull it out at least once a year, usually around this time. It's called The Work of Christmas. And it reads like this. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home and the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. Epiphany is supposed to mark the end of one season. It's supposed to be on our liturgical calendar this moment when we stop looking back to Christmas and when we start looking forward. 
And it's tempting when we get to days like this one where you have that, that hinge moment to think, okay, now we can just finally move on to whatever's next. But in fact, in fact, the work of Christmas has only just begun. Friends, the promise of the Christ child is that God's love has been born into the world. And in the empty tomb, that love is still just as present now as it ever has been. May we live and love as people who trust, who believe, who know that good news. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.